good is God. Everybody say, God loves me. Ooh, how many have been saying it for the last three days? God loves me. Amen? God loves me, and he loves me just like he loves Jesus. Wow. Man, I tell you what, I was just beside myself preaching that message on Sunday. Standing beside myself and looking at myself and thinking, dang, that's so true. Amen? God loves me. Say it. God loves me. God loves us, but but he but he loves me. See that that's the thing. He loves you. He he loves us, but he loves me. You know that's what we have to get a hold of. Every day of our life, we got to get a hold of it. God loves me, and he loves me just like he loves Jesus. The same way that he loves Jesus. We're actually we're going to look at that verse of scripture again tonight. Not yet, but tonight. So we've been this year. Um, we've been following through this year. Gave you that word about following through and about this being the year of really understanding the name of Jesus and what has been invested in in that name and what we have at our disposal and how we have to understand it and how vitally important it is to know that the name of Jesus is not just a name that that we acknowledge and we do it's not just a name that we acknowledge but it's a name that's been given to us everything that Jesus accomplished at the cross in his death and his burial and his resurrection his ascension to the right hand of the father everything in that process was an investment into his name and he's given us the name so we don't live in the earth without the authority and the power, but we don't live without the compassion that is invested in that name. That, that's how we deal with each other. Now, whether you know this or not, there are days when you're not lovely. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, some of you, that may be the first time you've ever heard that, but there are days when you're not lovely, right? So, people need compassion that's in the name so they can deal with you in a right way. That's right. And you need compassion so you can deal with other people so you're not moved by what others do and find yourself sowing ugly seed because people were ugly. (laughs) Everybody's got some ugly roots (laughs) and things they got to work out within themselves and ugly comes out of you at different times you know it just I mean it could be you driving down the road and somebody cuts you off and you kind of do a few different things you know because you're not real happy about somebody cutting you off and then you might pull up beside them and give them a piece of your mind and a piece of something else maybe 
You know, I mean, people just do those kind of things all the time. Sometimes people pull out a 38 and, you know, I mean, they, there's times that people do all kinds of crazy things. That's why we need the protection of God. And that's why we don't need to be, we don't, we don't need to get in other people's faces and have attitude toward other people because of what they do. We have to have compassion and forgive people. But the name of Jesus gives us, that, gives us the ability to be that kind of a person. And that's what we're talking about tonight. In fact, the title of my message tonight, I don't know, it's, it seems a little weird, but you'll, you'll get it. But the title of my message tonight is Me and the Name of Jesus. Me and the Name. Yes? You and the Name. Everybody say, Me, me. And, the name of Jesus. and the Name of Jesus. Glory to God. Right? That's what you, you, you need to have that revelation. It's Christ in you that is the hope of the world. People say, well, you know, the hope of the world is, is God. Yeah, but it's God alive in you. That's the hope of the world. And we're going to look at that tonight. Um, so, when you and I... When, and and I, want, I want you, hopefully you're getting, you know, as, as we've taught on this since last year and through the month of December, and then I told you we're going to teach on this in one form or another on the name of Jesus all year long. But what, what I'm hoping that you're getting a hold of is that when you study the Word, you see the name of Jesus, but you see you in the name of Jesus. And, and you know, so, so often I think that people, because they don't meditate the Word, they're, they're not meditating and accepting and receiving everything that God has done for us so that He can operate through us. You know, if... If you, you take, there's a, how many hours in a week? 144, right? 144 hours in a week. And in 144 hours in a week, you think to yourself, how much of that 144 hours do I spend meditating on the Word? giving the word place in my soul to change the way that I think about everything. See, because if you come in here tonight and you leave here tonight and then you go home, I'm not saying you do, I'm just saying if a person does this, if they hear, hear there'll be 40, 45 minutes of word that's preached tonight here. And if you leave here, after the 40, 45 minutes, and you spend the next three hours in front of the television listening to other people's ideas and opinions about life that seem innocent. I mean, I, I'm not talking about, you know, pornographic type things that you're looking at. I'm just talking about people's opinions and ideas about life. If you meditate on those and you don't think that that's framing the way you think, you're deceived. Now, you know, 
I'm saying we're all deceived if we think that. If we think we can allow our flesh to control what we do and how lazy that we can get, people can get, because we want to be entertained. Some people think they need entertainment. I mean, i got to have it every night. You know, entertainment should be something, your, your soul needs to be entertained. But you don't need 100 hours in 144 hours a week of entertainment. And some people need to get a hold of that revelation for themselves so that they can live in this life with the understanding and the revelation of the name and what was deposited into the name through what Jesus accomplished so we're not living this life apart from the name. We should, me and the name should be inseparable. And I found this in the children's definition of inseparable. This is the children's definition. Impossible to separate. Had to go to the children's definition to get that one. Impossible to separate. Bert Wimberly and the name of Jesus... I declare it's impossible to separate me from the name. And the power that's in the name to bear fruit in the earth because the Bible says you'll know people that know God and love God by their fruit. Right? And you and I are, have been created to bear His fruit so that people can know that God is real and that He's alive and He's well, but we're to be fruit bearers because of our relationship with God, because of our meditation by choice every day on how God thinks. That, that, my meditation's got to be on God thinks this way, all these other people think this way, but I'm going to choose this way, and I'm not going to be intimidated by this way. I'm going to believe that this way is the way, and there is no other way, and I'm going to think that way, and I'm going to fight for thinking that way, and that means I'm going to learn to extract certain things from my life that are keeping me from thinking that way. Because I want to think that way because I want everything that I have a right to receive and walk in in His name to be operating in my life. How about you? So, let's just, let's just look at a few scriptures. And I want to start in 2 Corinthians 6. This is an interesting couple of verses. Three verses, I think. 2 Corinthians 6. And let's start with um, verse 14. I, I said this a while back, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to kind of look at this. But <clears throat> as you study the epistles, as you look especially in Galatians and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, what you see in there is that we are Christ in the earth. You know, you always have to say this so people don't misunderstand. I'm not talking about the deity of Christ. I'm talking about we're joint heirs with Christ. So he did what he did so we would follow in his footsteps and we would be him in the earth. 
So think about that as we, as we look at this. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14. He said, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Baal? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell with them, I will walk among them, I will be their God, and they will be my people. So, as we're looking at this verse, I want you to notice certain things that he called you right here. So he starts out by saying, don't be unequally yoked with someone that doesn't believe. Now, we've used that where marriage is concerned, and that's very important. But it can be where business is concerned or anything else. Don't find yourself literally married to someone else in any form of connection because, notice what he calls, people that believe. In, this, in that... Um, in the 14th verse, he said, For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? So he said, Believers are the righteousness of God, unbelievers are unrighteousness. Notice the next thing that he said. And what communion or connection does light, he's calling you and I light. See why? Because we're Christ in the earth. So what communion or connection does light have with darkness? So he's calling someone that is born again light and someone that's not darkness. Now watch this. You can be born again but have no renewal and act just like you're not born again. Why? Because your thinking hasn't changed. I'm going to say it again. You can be born again and act just like someone that's not, or sometimes even worse, because there's no renewal. You're not, you're, the way you think hasn't changed from, from how the world thinks to how God thinks. And he called you light. Everybody say, I'm light. I'm righteous. Yeah, because he said so, Right? And there's a lot of people, you can ask them that question. Well, do you believe that you're righteous? Well, you know, I'm trying, trying to be righteous. There's no trying to it. I'm either righteous or I'm not. And I'm, I'm you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you buy something, anybody ever bought a piece of clothing for a baby, for a child? And uh, the child is, you, you bought in 18 months and... Uh, they're 12 months, and they can't even fit in an 18-month, right? So you buy a bigger one, and then they grow into it. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, and as my mind gets renewed, I grow into that righteousness. I am, because of what he did, he said I'm righteous. Because of what he did, he said I'm light. Do you see how serious this unequal thing is? I mean, it's serious. 
Do not find yourself becoming yoked to another way of thinking because it will destroy who he created you to do. And everything that he invested in his name to give to you, everything that he invested will be shut off because of another way of thinking that you'll find yourself battling and fighting with for the rest of your life. That's how vital that it is and how important it is that we take passages of Scripture like this so absolutely serious. It's serious. The name of Jesus is a serious thing because what stops the power from flowing is things in me that are not right. Me not making quality choices to do what God says instead of doing what my flesh wants to do or what feels good. But the power to control those things is in the name. And if I don't believe it's in the name, then I'm trying to be good and you'll never be good enough because nobody's good except Him. Everybody say, He's good. Not a one of us are good, but yet He says, I'm righteous. He says, I'm light, right? He, he, he said, what was the other thing that he said here? He said, I'm the temple of God, and I'm not some idle place. I'm not one that's just idle doing nothing and accomplishing nothing. I'm the temple of God. He said, you and I are the temple where God has chosen to make his abode. How honorable. So why would I want to put any other kind of trash on the inside of me? I want to clean the temple up. I want to line it up. I want to do what's right. I want to be able to hear the voice of God and obey him every single time. That's what Jesus did. Now we talked about Sunday that God loves Jesus. And Jesus never made a mistake And yet Jesus in his prayer to the Father in John 17 says that they both love us. The Father loves us the same way that he loves the perfect Jesus. And we screwed up. And yet he loves me the same way. And shouldn't Jesus be mad? Like the the prodigal's brother? Man, I've done all this right stuff. And, and I've been here, and I never left you, and you're not throwing a party for me, and you're loving him and treating him like he didn't do anything wrong, and I did everything right. That's not Jesus. See, that's not Jesus. See, we've got to understand that. We have to understand that, and it's got to be something that we process and we program on the inside of us so we can live in the power of the name. Listen to me. The power that's in the name has always been there, and will always be there. And it's available to you and I. It's at our disposal. We just have to know it and how to receive it. Can you say amen to that? Um, so in other words, in other words, what, what Jesus is saying is take my name and do what I do. Take my name 
and you do what I do. That's who we are. Take my name and do what I do. Amen. <clears throat> so when we, when we pray, um, when we pray in his name, in the authority of his name, and we believe that what we say is going to come to pass, it's because we've established something in a belief system in us that he had. When we get results in what we pray, it's because our belief system is lining up with his belief system. Now, a couple of scriptures to, to look at this, and we've looked at this before, but I want to look at 1 John 4. And, 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 you know, this is based on what we're saying. We've used this in, in other messages, even in the last, uh, I may have even read this on Sunday, but, um, or maybe the Sunday before. But there's something about this verse that, I mean, you've got to, oof, you, you've got to be able to embrace this verse. You and I have got to come to a place where we can literally embrace this. It's 1 John 4, 17. Everybody say, God, God. loves me. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so, John 4, uh, 1 John 4, I mean, and verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we when we get to heaven. No. So as he is, so are we in this world. So however Jesus is, so am I. So whoever, whatever Jesus Christ is, that's what I am in this world. If I can receive that. And, and my mind, my mind, you know, <clears throat> in the last year or so, God, God's challenged me about my 24-hour-a-day meditation. He's challenged me. So some of the things that I'm sharing with you are challenges that God has given me. What, what are you meditating on? Um... It matters what, we, what goes in our eyes and our ears. It matters. But then it matters where your mind is throughout the day. Where is your meditation? What are you thinking on? And the devil, the enemy, works overtime to convince you that you're not light. You're not righteous. You're worthless. You're, 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 you're defeated. You're, you're, you are... You are the result in your life of all the mistakes that you've made when Jesus said, we're the result of everything that he did. <laughs> See, I was born a second time. Now, if you want to talk about my first birth and 
all the generational crap and all the junk that went on and, you know, in, in, in our life. And I mean, you know, it, everybody's got stuff and things in their life. And, and if that was it, if my first birth was it, that'd be one thing. But now, my connection is to my second birth, right? My connection now is to Jesus Christ and to what he did and what he accomplished. And, and, and a, a, as he is, however he is, that's the way I am. Look at this verse. We'll look at this again, but look at the verse in, in Hebrews 13 and verse 8. <clears throat> 13 and 8. <clears throat> look, actually, let, let's just read this verse together. Ready, read. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, he was, he is, and he will be. And however he was, and he is, and will be, which is the same, is how I am. It's how you are, if you can receive it. That's where our meditation has to be. That's what, that's what I, I want to see happen in each one of us in this place in the year 2017, that we dig deeper to see who we are in Him, to see how myself and the name of Jesus cannot be separated. They cannot be separated. I, I, I will not al allow my, my life to exist on this planet without everything that has been deposited in the name of Jesus so I have it at my disposal so I can bear fruit so that people can know that God is real and the bearing fruit is not just so that all my needs are met. God's already met all my needs. He's already met all your needs. God put us here to be a blessing to other people and to understand what that looks like day to day. Everybody in here goes in different directions. we got a lot of ground that we can cover on a day-to-day -day basis if we allow this and the things of God to be alive on the inside of us. Can you say amen? Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same Jesus right now that turned water into wine. He's the same Jesus right now that healed blind Bart at the gate. He's the same Jesus, I just wrote down, I mean, you know, we could go on and on and on all night long. But he's the same Jesus that raised Lazarus from the dead right now. As he is, so am I, if I can receive that. He, he's the same Jesus that raised up um, Jairus' daughter. Same Jesus right now. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? Same Jesus. And he's here right now, but he's here right now in me and in you. As he is so are we in this world right now in his name to do his will, to accomplish what he wants in the earth. Can you say amen to that? Um,
<clears throat> so, what we talked about, uh, put, can you put John, John um, 17 and uh, 23? You have that? John 17, 23, put that up again. Yes. This is the prayer that Jesus prayed to the Father. I am them, I, Jesus, in us, and you, Father, in me, that they, they, us, may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them as you've loved me. Wow. But, but, but think about this. So Jesus says this as he's praying to the Father. I'm in them. So, so let's just make it us here at Gates, okay? So I'm, I'm in all those people sitting at Gates on this Wednesday night. I'm in them. And you, Father, you're in me. That they may be made perfect. They may be developed and matured in Jesus saying this, Jesus saying, mine and their oneness. And you're in my oneness. You can't, we're inseparable. You can't separate us in God's eyes. There's no separation. Sin doesn't separate. We'll read a scripture of that in, in a moment. Sin doesn't separate it because of what he accomplished. So we can't be separated. So there's no day like the present for me to step up and, and, and develop greater maturity because of my choices and greater maturity based on my meditation. See, it's not me trying to go raise the dead, raise up somebody that was sick. It's not, it's, the fruit is not me trying to go do that. The fruit is me hearing from him and doing what he says, whatever it is. See, see somebody may need encouragement. Everything's going to be all right. You're going to make it. See, God may tell you to give that to somebody. See, it, it's, it's us being his hands and feet and his mouth and doing what, but not afraid that if somebody needs to be raised from the dead, that we do that. And most people are afraid of that. Most people, their mind goes, well, you know, the encouragement part we can handle, but the other thing is tilt. Hmm? You ever played a pinball machine and you hit it too hard and it goes tilt? How many know what a pinball machine is? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that, yeah. Uh, but our mind goes tilt, but, but see, the Great Commission was to do what? Lay hands on the sick, speak in other tongues, cast out demons and devils. Anything that Jesus did, we're to do because of where he went, but what he left us so we could do everything he did and even more. Because, see, there are things that are happening today that weren't going on with Jesus, but he still died for it all. He, stills, he has still empowered us. So when we understand there's no separation, we can't, I cannot be separated. No matter what fear comes to my mind, no, how, no matter what intimidation that there is, I can overcome because in Christ I can do all things. See? The hope of the world is me overcoming all the thoughts and the fears that try to shut me down. See, people don't really shut you down. The fear in your soul that you don't get delivered of is what shuts you down. 
Not people. No. Nobody can shut you down. They can throw you in prison, and you just get the whole prison saved. That's what Paul did. It didn't, I mean, they, they can't stop you. Huh? So, the, so what if they take my life? Well, absence from the body, presence of the Lord. Win-win. You, you cannot lose. See, and, and the stronger that we get, we're, we're really no good for God. Everybody sitting in here today, you're really no good for God in heaven. God needs you here to be the light. What, what did he call us? He said, we're the light. We're, the right, we're his righteousness to the earth. Look at all the unrighteousness. There, there's no question. The Bible in Isaiah said, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Duh. Okay. So, oh my God. You know, if I hear another stat about what 2020 is going to look like in, in the way that the world is moving, if I hear another one of those things, I, I don't know what, well, in the name of Jesus, I won't do anything ugly. I don't want to hear any more stats about who's not going to be saved. People are being saved because of my life. How about you? I'm just saying with me. I'm the righteousness of God. I am the light. The light of the gospel of Jesus Christ has shone inside of me and is shining out of me. And people are being liberated and free because I believe in the light. The world's in a better place because I believe I'm the light. I'm the righteousness of God and I'm Christ in the earth based on the way we've talked about it tonight. The world's a better place. But not just with me, with everybody, with every one of us. And, and you can say all that, kind of, that all sounds great and impressive and all that kind of, but you've got to live it. And you've got to believe that what I'm saying tonight is really real, that these scriptures are, as he is, so am I in this world. He's saying, take my name and do what I do. There's no end to what you and I can accomplish. Can you say amen to that? There's not any end to what we can accomplish. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 5 and verse 21. <clears throat> Do we have it? Got it? For he the Father made him Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for me, that I would evolve into. The day that, that I accepted Jesus Christ was not the day that I became righteous. The day I became righteous was before the foundation of the world when God already had it set up that he would die so I would be righteous. That's what he said. That's what he said. So when Jesus died, it was the fulfillment of the plan that God had before the foundation of the world. Okay? And the day I accepted Jesus in my heart, it was solidified in me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, why does it say I become? Because the soul salvation is the salvation that matters. And the soul salvation causes my righteousness to evolve. And what, what is that for? It's for the world to know. 
that the world would know, Father, Jesus prayed this, that the world would know how real you are and the fact that we as people that are different, different cultures, different backgrounds, different everything can come together and in the name of Jesus, we can accomplish anything and everything that you put before us. There's not anything that we can't do. Not anything. Not anything. But I'm telling you right now, if you don't, if you don't develop, okay, and, and, and I'm not saying this in a hard way. I'm not saying this in a hard way. This should be a liberating thing. But if you don't develop a belief that you need God's word entering into you on a regular basis, shining light and exposing darkness on the inside of your soul, if you don't believe you need that, you'll never step into what's available for you. Never. That's the only way. If there was some other way, I'd be doing it. There's no other way. And, and I've, I've realized I can't get comfortable with what I've done in the past. I've got to be challenged in new ways for the future. There's no difference. You, me, any of us. God created us that way. But what he has for us is beyond what your natural mind can even imagine. And, that, and, and I'm not just saying that. That's what the Bible says. Mind, in, in, first, in 1 Corinthians 2, it says, I have not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love him. But he has revealed them to us by his Spirit. So i got to just be listening. Listen to me. I'm telling you right now, if you will just listen, the power to do is in the Word itself. Hmm? How do you get apples from an apple tree? Eh. From an apple seed. Right? And the power to produce the apple is in the seed itself. The, the power to produce the results in your and my life is in the seed of the word itself. That's why I need the meditation of it. And the more I meditate things like what I'm talking about tonight, I mean, you're not going to hear a message like this just anywhere. Because most people's mind, a lot of people won't preach it because they think that people think it's almost heresy. It's just truth. And the more you meditate it, the more you'll see yourself involved. You'll see your part in this whole thing. Can you say amen? John 15 and verse 5. Almost done. John 15 and 5. I'm the vine... You're the branches. Jesus is saying this to his disciples. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. What, what, what does the opposite mean? If you do it with him, you can do anything he says you can do, right? So, so if we connect with him and we realize that he's the vine and we're the branches, are the branches part of the vine? Right? You don't, you don't say, oh, look at those apple branches. No, you say the apple tree, right? 
Oh, look at those orange branches over there. The trunk's over here, but the branches are over here bearing great fruit. Not. If the branches are off, they're dead. Right? But look at verse 8. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so, you, so are you my disciples. God is glorified and exalted when we're bearing lots of fruit. And how am I going to bear a lot of fruit? Because I'm connected to the source. Because I believe in the source, but I believe we can't be separated from... You realize the fruit isn't being bore from the trunk, from the vine. It's from the branches. You see how important that we are? Have you ever seen an apple tree trunk? I was raised in apple country in New Mexico. Never did I see a trunk and all these apples coming out of the trunk. Never. Impossible. Everybody say impossible. Who set it up that way? Who, who made the apple tree? God. Right? Who, who made the apples? God made the apples. He made the tree. He set it up that way. The example here is that we're the branch and the fruit is bore from us. So I've got to learn how to be kind. I've got to learn how to, to, to not just think about myself. I've got to learn how to think about others. I've got to learn how to understand how powerful the name of Jesus is and everything that's invested. I've got to learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost and be open to it and understand that praying in the Spirit causes me to arise in faith and have confidence that God will do what He said He'll do. And then I can hear His voice about what He wants me to do day to day and I don't have to live in, a, in, a, in, in, in total confusion and chaos in life. But will we spend time renewing our mind and learning to listen to the voice of the Spirit so we know what to do and accomplish and bear great fruit? See, the fruit will not be bore because of how pretty we are as branches, how smart we are, how creative, oh man. That guy's got it all down. He's going to bear great fruit. Well, you can bear natural fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. That's the fruit we're talking about. That's the fruit that's got to manifest. And listen, how many have ever tried to be kind to an unkind person that you'd rather kick or spit on than be nice to? How many have ever tried to do that? Okay. How hard is it? One of the hardest things there is in life. Duh. You, without me, you can do nothing. But with me, you can love everybody. <laughs> oh! I love, I love to see unlovely people get lovely. Gosh, I love it. Have I ever told you any stories about that? You want to hear the ones you've already heard 14 times? I won't tell you. <clears throat> I just love to see unlovely people become lovely. Do you think if you or I pray for somebody that's unlovely, that our prayers would matter? If we pray in the name of Jesus and believe we've got power, and we don't pray, oh, God, get them. No, God, reveal to them, show them. Lord, I pray, because if you're judging your own heart, then you know how to pray correctly for other people so that they get liberated and free. And then if that person that was unlovely gets liberated and free, and then they get promoted, and they 
get a new car that you always wanted and you haven't had the money to get it? Can you rejoice with them when something good happens in their life? See, see, it's all part of this thing. And every time there's a challenge when you have a difficulty, rejoice. Just realize you're going to another level. You're going to experience new things, more manifestations coming your way if you can learn to demonstrate the love of God and allow the fruit to be bore from your branches so that people can know that God is real. To be kind to somebody unkind, to be kind to somebody that is unkind is like a person that is going upstream with 45 boats going downstream. And here come all the people that, are, that react to, unki- to unkindness, and they react with unkindness. And here's the lone soul that's paddling upstream. It's difficult. But I'm telling you what, the more you do it, they start turning their boats around and following you. And when they follow you, you're bearing fruit, and that what, that's what brings glory to the Father. That's what this whole thing is about. It's all about that, about bringing glory to the Father. Amen? So I end with this tonight, and I want you to think about this. Um. What Jesus is, there's a, there's a company that, or there's lots of companies that challenge you on certain number of days for things. Can you take the 24-day challenge, or the, this challenge, or that challenge? Can you handle the challenge? <clears throat> but what, I, I wrote this in my notes, because I, I've, I've heard God say this to me, and I'm saying this to you tonight. Are you up for the challenge of being just like Him in the earth? Think about that question. Are you up for being just like Him? When P90X came out, I thought, I can do that. I can do it. So I ordered the P90X DVDs. What's the guy's name? It's been so long now. <laughs> um, Tony. Tony. And his m- mentality was hit play and something. Everything else will... Yeah, just push play and everything else will work out. So it took me about 120 days to do the 90-day challenge. (laughs) But I did it. I did it and I accomplished it. But it took me 120 days to do it. It doesn't matter. This isn't three strikes and you're out. You get to play this thing to be like him every day. And his mercy and grace and his forgiveness and his understanding and all those things are beyond anything that you can even imagine. We're the one that get focused on our failures. No. Days of failure are over with. Burt Wimberly is, is meeting 
the challenge that Jesus Christ has given all of us. I've heard him say this to me over a year ago. I'm meeting the challenge of being like Jesus in the earth. I'm meeting that challenge. Because I am, you are, the expression of God to mankind. Mankind has no other hope. It's Christ in us that is the hope of the world. Because well, the hope of the world is God. I said that earlier, I think. But I'm saying it again. The hope of the world is God, but it's God in us. We're joint heirs. We're equal partners. We have our part. He's already done his. And for his to be seen in the earth, his part that's already accomplished to be seen in the earth, it's you and I taking the challenge to be just like him. That means I cannot be about myself ever again. And when tomorrow comes, I can't be about myself ever again. And when next week comes, I can't be about myself ever again. You will, but you can't. But you will, but you can't. You know how it goes. But you will, but you can't. I refuse. Nothing is going to rob me from living all the days of my life in the power and the anointing that is invested in the name of Jesus, that he came to this earth to give me. Why would I live my life and go to the grave and just act like there's nothing there? Absolutely not.